0: Hello, everyone. Lou Weiss here with uh, Manufacturing Talk Radio, which is part of Jacket Media Co. As you can see from the shows behind me, you can see the four podcasts. And I'm now blocking our monthly uh, shows, uh, series. However, when I do a a walk-off, you can pick up on that as well. So today we have uh, Tim. Welcome back from your vacation. Hey! Uh, I I gather that the glaciers are finally melted in Wisconsin. They have, yes. Yeah, that's good to hear. Good to hear. Uh, By the way, I heard something uh, over the weekend that if you live near cows, that your allergies are much improved. Is there any truth to that, or is that a Wisconsinian myth?
1: Uh, I have no idea where that one came from. I have not heard that. Well,
0: all right. Well, check it up. Uh, you know when you're doing the, your editorial research, we have here today uh, Anthony Nieves, com- uh, committee chair for the ISM uh, Services Report, which used to be known as non-manufacturing. I can't let things go. Anthony, I I gotta bring it up. You should hear when I talk about Thomas Register and the old green books, they're like
1: crazy with me about that. Anyway, uh, Tim, take the floor. So Anthony, reports continue to remain good coming out of ISM as you guys collect data from your respondents. Share with our audience what the services sector is indicating for the month
2: of June. Well, thank you, gentlemen. And yes, the services report on business came in that uh, the composite index came in at 60.1, which is another strong reading. Now we're coming off of some all-time highs and last month at 64, it seems like we had some slight pullback in the rate of growth to 3.9% down, but 60.1 is still very strong reading. And we're seeing that, uh, you know, with the continued pent up demand that we had uh, during the pandemic, Uh, has come about and uh, has continued. Uh, We do have some struggles, uh, impediments in place, uh, such as we're seeing inflation, material shortages, uh, supply chain disruption, capacity issues, logistical challenges, as well as the employment resources continue to be a challenge uh, for this sector. But overall, uh, things are on the right track as uh, the country is opening up, continues to open up. And, uh, you know, hopefully uh, we'll continue to see this path of recovery uh, be maintained for quite some time here.
1: My My go
0: ahead, look. Any chance, uh, Anthony, have you, have you heard the new medical report that came out uh, last week with regards to the, uh, the uh, COVID uh, variant that the it, uh, it's only um, protects one at the rate of 60 to 80%, uh, n- not as originally thought. Are we gonna wind up slipping back? And I know your med- medical is not your field, but are we gonna slip backwards again?
2: Hopefully not. And, and yes, I've been reading and seeing the same uh, type of information as it relates to the Delta variant. And we've had some mixed signals as to which uh, vaccine had what percentage of protection, and one shot versus two shots, and uh, so it's it's been we've been inundated with different types of information on a daily basis. So it'll it'll time will tell. But I think that with the population having uh, gone through, a, you know, majority of the population anyway has been vaccinated, there's still a great percentage that haven't been vaccinated. Mm-hmm. And all indications, I think the real strong thing that I have as a takeaway is that people that have not been vaccinated are more susceptible to contracting that variant uh, as well as, uh, you know, coming down with COVID itself. So, uh, but again, I think it's evolving on a daily basis, just like it was during the pandemic. Yeah. Uh,
0: I also heard uh, last night on uh, uh, one of the uh, talking head shows that Ninety-nine point something percent of those who died were not vaccinated.
2: Yeah, I, I saw the same thing.
0: That that's incredible. Why would somebody not want to get get inoculated?
1: Why? Yeah,
2: I, yeah, I I hear what you're saying. I think the big challenge is, you know, there's still some people out there. Um, you know, we had different guidance as to wearing masks and whatnot, right. and. Uh, you know, I think that the key thing is that they're starting to do more testing as to being able to expand the uh, vaccine to children under 12. Um, and so those parents that are um, being out in the public and they can, you can still be a carrier if you're vaccinated. Yeah. So you have to be very careful bringing it back into the home if you have folks or children that are not vaccinated or those that are compromised and have a, uh, uh, you know, underlying conditions and things of that nature.
0: Well, that all being said, let's, uh, why don't we get to the report and uh, do what we get paid for?
2: Oh, I, we were just on this nice segue. We were, we, you know, we said we weren't medical professionals, but here we are. We were just like uh, doing our own CDC uh, briefing here, right?
0: Well, Dr. Fauci is on up after you, so uh,
2: we'll get some Well, we stole his thunder, didn't we? <laughs> yes, we did. Yes, we
1: did. Well, Anthony, one of the areas I want you to touch on this report because I just traveled up to Wisconsin by car and back, and every town we stopped in had signs up for employees wanted, help wanted. I mean, it, it was fairly desperate. There were a number of places that weren't open, including restaurants, because they just couldn't get staff.
2: What you I think those signs were probably bigger than the beer and brats, right? So uh, (laughs)
1: yeah,
2: there has been a a real challenge with the employment picture, um, especially in the service industries, customer facing uh, companies, industries, and it's been ongoing. Think about this. We had labor issues before the pandemic. Now, post pandemic, or as we're at the tail end of it anyway, Uh, And as people have been reluctant to go back to the workforce, whether it be for their own personal safety, uh, there's been a change in professions for many and some just not entering reentering the workforce. And uh, on the recruitment end, we're seeing that if you backfill a position in one area, you're just creating a void somewhere else. And it's all about the applicable labor, having the skilled labor, not just the unskilled line workers, but. We've had a challenge with construction trade for quite some time, and we're seeing it in the food service operations, hotels, you know, the accommodation and food service uh, industry. They're struggling. They're, they're trying to recruit, and as things are starting to open up to a fuller capacity, uh, it's just not uh, being staffed accordingly, and we're seeing a service and quality impacted because of it. And it's, not, and it's not just in those areas, it's throughout the whole supply chain if you think about it. Look at production capacity. It's as uh, manufacturing, which is upstream in the supply chain for service industries, right? They're not producing the, the products that are necessary. So it's affecting output uh, downstream. And we're seeing it, I like to use lumber as his example uh, because putting aside the fact that the tariffs increase the cost of lumber then the pandemic affected uh, production capacity. And then the processing of that, they didn't have the staffing as well. So you had in the Canadian mills, where majority comes into this country from, they didn't have the staffing, they didn't have the capacity. And then you threw the tariffs on there. And then that's why the price of lumber was affected the way it was. And it, it, it came down a little bit in the last two weeks. But overall, the cost is still very high. And uh, that's across the board in many other commodities that we see.
1: What are your respondents? How are they feeling about this tightness in the services area?
2: Well, there's one uh, specifically I, I used in the report and uh, this came from the accommodation and food services industry. And it says our restaurants are quickly, maybe too quickly returning to 2019 sales levels, strong consumer demand for dining out is clearly evident as COVID-19 restrictions ease, but the challenges are supply chain outages, logistics delays, and employee management staffing constraints. Some locations cannot open for business or have limited hours as we cannot staff the restaurants to meet customer demand. So that is succinctly uh, pulls it all into place, puts it all into place as to what they're experiencing right now as uh, the demand is really increasing and we don't have the supply, whether it be on the personnel side, the commodity side, or just deliverables in general?
0: Uh,
2: I think that
0: uh, uh, Anthony, that this uh, uh, personnel issue, uh, staffing issue was really a bubble waiting to happen because the uh, birth rate in the country has been going down for years. People are getting older. The baby boomers are getting older. I don't know. What do they call me, Tim? Uh, the The last great generation or something like that? Yeah. Uh, is that is that what they call it? Last great generation? Um, so this was just waiting to happen. We needed an excuse that people say, well, you know what? The hell with it, I'm done. Uh, I'm, I'm going to sit on the porch, s- strum my banjo, and drink from the jug. Um, and there are people that are changing their professions. Uh, people that are going back to school, uh, even those who are older in their forties, uh, you know, they've got, they've got some reason now to satisfy their life goals and they're using uh, COVID and their job as a hangup for that. They're, they're doing, they're looking to do other things.
2: I'm still going back to that picture of the porch and the jug and I'm thinking this Norman Rockwell type painting right now. So, anyway. <laughs> uh, well,
0: yeah, that, that, that could be, that could be. Uh, uh, that scene that I described to you, by the way, I actually saw, I went to Tennessee on a on a business trip going from the airport to to point A and I actually saw that scene and it never left my head. And that goes <laughs> back 30 years
2: ago. <laughs> Well, you know, you you actually touched on a great point, And we've actually discussed this in the past on the show about how even the generation of today is not like it was in the past where you had apprenticeships and families that were plumbers or electricians or carpenters. We're not seeing that, especially with the advent of technology. And everyone wants to be uh, the next technology guru. They want to be, uh, uh, you know, the Facebook or the the Tesla or something along those lines, and uh, we're not seeing the uh, the labor pool evolve. And because we still need trades, we still need the output from those trades. It's not just going away. You can only automate so much, and uh, we're not we're not getting the the resources for it.
0: Even Jeff Bezos finally said, "That's it, I've had enough," and he's stepping down as uh, a CEO of uh, of Amazon. Uh, I guess you could do that when you're worth, what, 5 billion?
2: Yeah, and you want to fly to the moon, right? You want to go that, into space. I mean,
0: listen, we all got our priorities.
2: Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I think Tim Fury, you know, he has mentioned this a number of times about how we're not seeing the cultivation and the development as it relates to trade schools and things of mm-hmm. that nature uh, compared to how it was in, in the past. Um, and you know, these are very respectable positions and, and industries and jobs that are needed and we're just not getting it. And it is affecting uh, much of the production capacity in the country.
0: There's a, an organization that I'm part of called BEI, Virtual Entrepreneurialship Initiative. And they teach in high school for one year or two years, I believe, uh, how kids can start companies and become entrepreneurs, and um, it's a credited course, and uh, they've got 500 schools throughout the United States now teaching that course to the uh, seniors and uh, uh, the 11th and 12th graders on how to become entrepreneurs, and it's uh, really very successful but you know, 500 schools is gonna produce 5,000 kids maybe a year and only 20% of them will ever really become entrepreneurs. So I'm not sure how uh, viable it is, but it's a great concept. Sure,
1: definitely. Okay. Anthony, what sectors are doing well in the services sectors report and what are lagging?
2: Well, great question. And when we look at, um, especially with the uh, composite index, <clears throat> and we see the various industries. And it's not as, um, uh, there are two industries actually that um, uh, could be doing better, say to, uh, so to speak. But when you look at the ones that are, there, are 16 of the 18 that are reflecting growth right now. And the two industries reporting a decrease are real estate rental and leasing, and agriculture, forestry, fishing, and hunting. All other industries are doing quite well. Now, interesting enough, real estate rental and leasing is the biggest contributor to GDP for the services sector. And that includes, uh, you know, not just home sales and, and new home builds, but it's also that leasing and rental component in there as well. And the reason why that industry has pulled back some is inventories down, right? So inventory is down. Uh, there are homes that are selling above listing price across the country, not just right. in California where it's always been that way, kind of, tight market, it's real expensive housing, but you're seeing it in places like Florida where realtors are getting 20, 30 grand above list price. Out here some of them are getting 100 grand above not, list price. Not on the East Coast. Well, different different ball game. different yes. ball game yes. for sure. But as the overall impact of this this industry, there has been a pullback there. In the agriculture, forestry, fishing and hunting That's more capacity related than anything else. And that's why month over month that is down. If you look at um, overall and what's going on, uh, I like to differentiate between the economy versus business conditions, right? So uh, business conditions, we have some impediments as mentioned earlier in the show, but certainly the economy is doing well right now. We do have challenges with pricing, uh, cost pressures, material shortages, uh, logistical challenges. We're seeing backlog increase. Supplier deliveries are slowing. Inventory is depleted because we had successive months of all-time highs and with production down, had to come from somewhere. So there was a burn off of inventory. So all of these things are creating uh, this this, uh, this vortex that we have right now and what's affecting us in the sense of an impediment to business conditions, but not, um, I would say, really negatively impacting the economy. Could the rate of growth be better? Yes, but then we'd have to worry about some other issues such as overheating and what might evolve from that. But right now, uh, the demand is definitely exceeding the supply.
0: We did talk uh, last week with uh, uh, Tim, uh, about the chip industry. And over this weekend, I I saw a follow-up to that where the chip industry is not gonna get any better. It's gonna be a long, long time, which means that aerospace, automotive in particular, is gonna be negatively impacted uh, for for quite some time going into the future.
2: No question. I mean, we see certain manufacturers, they were releasing a vehicle, right? Not to give free advertisement to any of these companies, but they were releasing a vehicle. They had to put it on hold because they could not put it through production because they didn't have the chips. How about this? Because of the shortage of vehicles out there, lease vehicles are actually being traded in above their residual value right now. whoever thought that would happen. Yeah,
0: right? Really? Yeah, It didn't happen in the days when I leased
2: cars. No.
1: <laughs> so, Anthony, has the chip storage also affected the services sector since, of course, it's downstream from manufacturing, but does it have any direct impact on
2: services? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It, it affects, it's a disruption. Um, to the, the industry, automotive industry, right? Uh, leasing industry, which, you know, rental leasing um, and also just on the supply chain itself. We don't have the uh, uh, production of vehicles out there, whether it be right now, we have a shortage of not just truck drivers, but trucks. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely impacting uh, what, what happens upstream eventually uh, rolls downhill, right? Goes downstream.
0: Right, right. The shortage of of vehicles is going to bring back the autonomous dirigible. (laughs) I've already heard a futurist talking about that, where they'll be able to carry five, six, seven uh, truckloads of goods and merchandise uh, within two, three days crossing the country.
2: We'll start seeing pictures like we have uh, in the past from underdeveloped countries where they're, you know, carrying a, a, a truckload on a bicycle, right? Yes. What, navigate.
0: What, it's not history. Go to China. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
2: well, see, I was keeping names of countries out, just like the advertisement side. You know, I don't want to get any. Uh, I'll let Blue take the hit on that.
0: <laughs> That's mine. <laughs> I own it. I own it. No, I know exactly what you're talking about. In India, it's the same way. They have these bicycles that are built like this. They're all stored with goods and services on two wheels.
2: I remember uh, on a trip to Cairo one year, and I was in a car, and I looked over, and there was this donkey that looked like he hadn't eaten in about three months. And he's pulling this load of, like, uh, tanks, uh, cylinders, either CO2 or helium or something. Yeah. And it was stacked, I kid you not. They looked about eight to 10 feet high. And there's this one (laughs) donkey trying to pull this uphill in a wagon. And I'm thinking, man, it stinks to be a donkey in Egypt.
0: (laughs) It sounds almost a little like Sussapis.
2: Yes. (laughs) I thought, and I thought this rock was going to roll back on this poor donkey. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Lucky it
2: wasn't going downhill. Yeah. He was going uphill and he was struggling trying to get some traction on that pavement. You know, we joke about it, but it's like, wow, we could be there, right?
1: <laughs> now,
0: if and you're going to be in India, you got to be a cow. They yes. lived a live the good life.
1: So, Anthony, uh, the people we have talked to are looking at the kind of difficulties that we're seeing in the supply chain lasting right through the end of 2021 and possibly into Q1 of 2022. Are you seeing the same thing?
2: I think so. I mean, we're, we're already, you know, at the midpoint here for 21. And uh, there's, you know, not really any end in sight as it relates to uh, overcoming the, uh, the capacity issues that we're experiencing right now. So I would say that, yes, the balance of the year and Hopefully, we can get uh, something uh, rectified by that first quarter of 2022.
1: So are we going to likely see the services sector PMI above 50 right through the end of the year as well, barring some unforeseen circumstance?
2: I think so. I I believe that from what our respondents have mentioned to us, and and granted, we we do measure different things in the semi-annual, but Uh, They initially had said that the second half was going to be better than the first half, right? We just came out so strong in this first half, I believe we'll level off a bit. We we can't maintain or sustain this strong rate of growth throughout. Uh, Just from some of the impediments we talked about, it's going to uh, stifle uh, the rate of growth on the back end of this year for sure.
1: Well, I think we've covered the report, Uh, Anthony, unless there's something else you want to sum up for us as we conclude this segment?
2: Other than uh, I touched on it briefly, um, how we're seeing the relation between the slowing deliveries, the backlog growing, the depletion of inventory. So we're going to have to see some inventory replenishment soon. And one of the key Things uh, of this is when we asked our customer or our respondents about how their inventory sentiment, you know, how they feel about their inventory levels being applicable to their business levels. We came in at 37.2. Look at the contraction there. So they say their inventories are way too low. So hopefully with that buildup, we'll start seeing uh, again, we'll maintain this uh, growth pattern uh, through the balance of the year. I don't believe it'll be uh, north of uh, 60 Throughout the year, but we'll definitely see it uh, with some strong rate of growth going forward.
1: Great. Well, we appreciate we you joining us here on Manufacturing Talk Radio and sharing this information with our listeners.
2: Thank you. I appreciate being on the show. Thank
0: you, and uh, folks, uh, I'll be getting up in a minute. I'm going to do a, I'm going to do a slow walk up so you can see the rest of our background and the rest of our shows. So that being said. Anthony, we'll talk to you next month. Keep those numbers up, and uh, we uh, will be talking to you guys next month. So, folks, here's the surprise of all of our shows and our monthly series.